Hey folks, my name is Lana Winterhalt and you are now part of the Good and Plenty Producers Club. We're going to be talking to women, non-binary, and trans femme audio engineers and producers from across the country and get to know their creative process. Let's have some fun. So thank you to everyone who has tuned in on Instagram Live for this chat with uh, producer, artist, composer, Jojo Worthington. Jojo, I am so excited to chat with you. I feel like it's felt like a long time coming, so I'm super excited. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, and I just messaged you last week or whatever it was, two weeks ago, and I'm truly obsessed with you now. I'm your biggest fan. I just am like... I. I took a a deep dive into your music. I was like, it's time to like really deep dive, listen to these tunes. And now, now I can't stop. I'm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's the, it's so friggin' good. Wow. So yeah. So here I am your biggest fan. Uh, Wow. And that means so much coming from you. Cause like you talk to producers so much. So like (laughs) that means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I think you should take it as a as a nice a high compliment. So, yeah. Aww. Yeah. Um well, yeah. So for those who are listening to the podcast uh in in Cyber World, uh Jojo cyber. and I are are currently seeing each other on Instagram live. Uh, yes. Hi Nim. Nim just said hi. hi um Nim. so we are going to be interacting a little bit with of course, the people who are, are watching on Instagram Live and commenting. Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch this live, it'll still be on Instagram for, um, I don't know, ever. When do things get taken off Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> for the rest of time. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. For all it'll eternity. Last. For all of eternity. Yeah. Um, so you can check it out at a later time in, in eternity. So, um, Great. yeah, perfect. But... <laughs> Jojo, why don't we just dive right in with tell the folks at home, who are you? What do you do? Where are you located? Uh, just give us the the intro to, to you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm Jojo. Um, Jojo Worthington. And I am living in Montreal. I am a producer and a composer and... I like having a good time. I like chicken wraps. You so, love chicken wraps. Yeah. Life is good. <laughs> oh, no. This is the thing. This is the humiliating thing that we'll need to cut out. Is my yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. We were talking before this chat of like okay, we'll do some post editing of getting all the <laughs> the embarrassing things out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you are you're you're living and working in Montreal. Is that where you've mm. always grown up, or or is Montreal new for you? Yeah, Montreal's new. I'm actually from Kitchener, Ontario. Oh, okay. And yeah, I grew up there most of my life. And before the pandemic, I was actually living in Banff doing oh, wow. an audio recording apprenticeship at the Banff Center. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Like it was so magical and mm. beautiful. Um, but then yeah, the pandemic hit and my program kind of got cut short with uh with everything and we were kind of just told like 
just go home immediately mm. basically and oh, yeah it was uh super fun and not stressful at all and <laughs> of course <laughs> and then uh i just i had met um a, an engineer in here in montreal and um i really liked working with him and i've always wanted to move to montreal i've yeah just kind of wanted to explore i you know i had lived in kitchener like basically my whole life up until then mm-hmm. And it just kind of felt like, I don't know, it just felt like a, a good time to try something new. So, hmm. yeah, I moved here during the pandemic uh, about, yeah, two years now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What was it like moving in the midst of a pandemic? <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, a little bit stressful, like, not really knowing what was going to happen here. Like, if I was even ever going to get a job and... If, mm. if the things I wanted to pursue were even going to happen here. Mm. So, so much, the most uncertainty, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. But yeah, it was great. Like, thank God for SERP because yeah. that was <laughs> what I was using that whole Seriously. time. So thank God for SERP. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a little, this is a little ad in the midst of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Thank you to the government of Canada. Yeah, that um, was one good thing they did. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The one, the <laughs> yeah. one good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to talk about life in Montreal, but before we do, I think it would be super helpful to backtrack, give some background as you know how you got into music, how you got into working in audio and production, and and what that journey was like for you. And feel free to talk for as long as you want okay <laughs> wow I have the floor you um, have the floor yeah um yeah I can't like you know it's hard to like pinpoint when exactly the first moment of like music was in my life but hmm. um my parents kind of put me in like a bunch of different instrument lessons when I was younger and uh I just like hated all of them basically <laughs> and it just sucks because they like you know it doesn't it's not cheap to learn an instrument um mm-hmm. but yeah I, I first learned violin when I was like five or six and um went with that for a bit I hated that like moved on to harp for a bit oh wow that didn't really like I still play harp a little bit now but like I don't know it it just really wasn't clicking for me Mm. um and it wasn't really until my mom and I moved to Kitchener um where I kind of really got into musical theater Mm. so I was a musical theater kid love that represent here we are (laughs) here we are now um (laughs) yeah so I I did like a bunch of like community musicals for a long time and yeah I was just really inspired by like Stephen Sondheim and like Danny Elfman Mm. and composers like that Uh, Phantom of the Opera is like still my my number one musical Amazing. Uh, yeah and then when I was 14 my brother bought me a guitar which was so nice of him yeah. and what a nice brother yeah huh? good brother there and I started to write songs and I just posted them on Facebook and uh I got like some good feedback from them and I thought like I don't know maybe I'll just like keep doing this it it was like a fun new thing for me 
Hmm. Um, because I kind of always knew I wanted to be in music, but hmm. I didn't really see myself as like being good enough for musical theater, I guess, like hmm. pursuing that. So yeah, I started writing songs and then uh, this girl in my drama class was like, hey, do you want to start a band? And of course, like, I wanted to. Heck yeah. But like, I wasn't, I didn't know what kind of band this was. And basically Mm. the people that she knew who also wanted to be in a band were like really into reggae. So. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I was like on the edge of my seat wondering what genre you were going to say there. And I was not (laughs) expecting reggae. So please literally continue. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Honestly, like I had not not what I expected, but I was like, oh yeah, okay, like sure, like we can be in a reggae band. <laughs> so I knew I don't know anything about reggae. I've never yeah. listened to it once, <laughs> but they were kind of like backing me up with that kind of like jam. So wow, I was in a reggae band for wow. a little bit, and yeah, <laughs> and then That's I just incredible. kind of went solo and um my in my at my high school they had like a music studio course Mm. and uh I decided to to do that and learned about logic and Mm. recording and that was really inspiring and yeah and then I just decided to go to Fanshawe for Mm. engineering and it's kind of kind of it basically I don't know amazing yeah so what what made you like what was that decision in your mind you know were were you ever wondering oh maybe I should go to school for performance or I should go to school for for you know anything else or was was Mm -hmm. engineering just something that you know called your name yeah I I had considered going to Laurier or something Mm. for opera actually wow just because I I am trained as a classical vocalist or it mm. was up like all throughout high school mm-hmm. um so I was thinking about that but I was also thinking about like if I was gonna really pursue my music career as a songwriter like I wanted to know more about the technical side of music because mm. I wasn't really at that point making music that I was like I would really listen to I guess Mm. like I I do like pop music but yeah the music I was making I was just like there's so much more I could be doing but I don't Mm. know how to do it at all so yeah that's what I really wanted to do and Mm. um, a couple of my friends had said they wanted to go to this program at Fanshawe and I was like okay well I'll come too, I guess. And, yeah, I'll uh, take along. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it ended up being something that I really loved. So, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's great <laughs> that that worked out that way. It worked out, thank God, because I don't have yeah. any other backups. Like, this is it. <laughs> this is all I know. So This is all This is all I can do. So. Yeah. <laughs> take it or leave it, folks. Literally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then do you, would you say that your... Um, like production and engineering kind of complemented your artistry the entire time you've you've been an artist like has has it kind of felt one in the same or um mm-hmm. yeah curious for you what your what what that's 
how your artistry has weaved into your your production and your engineering yeah it's kind of like the other way around like I wasn't really even considering being an audio engineer or a producer at all like it was I only went into that program because I wanted to know how to create better music Hmm. Um, so it's really all about like me as an artist and in 2015 I think um no maybe no 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 like 2017 or 18 um a friend's band uh, called the lifers they had asked me if I wanted to produce their record because they liked what my music sounded like they I had co-produced like my other records before um and they liked the sound of it so they asked me to co-produce and that was like crazy I was like I had never even like considered doing that for another artist and they were just willing to take that chance on me and yeah I I had no idea like I loved it so much so yeah and I've just kind of been doing that more I want more so yeah yeah that's amazing (laughs) how um so when you started that project or even co-producing you know your projects like you had said Mm -hmm. um were you doing this primarily from home or was there a studio that you worked out of or what was your your setup kind of like during those kind of beginning times yeah my first record seven that was recorded kind of partly at my school Fanshawe Mm. and then partly recorded at Inception Sound in Toronto Um, a guy that I was going to school with was engineering it and he worked at that studio so um yeah, we kind of went back and forth there. And then Two Lines was, I think, all recorded at my friend's childhood house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like this big house with like huge ceilings and like all wood, everything. Wow. And, and it was cool. I I love recording in like remote places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're- yeah, and trying to figure out like how can you bring some of the life and personality of that location into yeah. what you're recording. Yeah, very that's very fun. Yeah, like the acoustic footprint of the mm. the environment is is so cool to me. So, yeah, and I feel like you can really hear that in the record too. Mm. Um and then the company you keep was recorded at my friend's cottage on Salmon Lake in Ontario. Mm. And yeah, I think recording in a cabin is like my prime spot. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I like, I love the recording studio. There's, you know, everything's way easier. It's all set up, but like, I, I do really love going away to record in a, in a new space, a new environment. Like there's so many new inspirations for me that way. So, Hmm. yeah, that's cool. That has always been one of my, uh, one of my dreams is to record in a in a cabin like you know nice. some somewhere that you're away from your normal vices or distractions and yeah you know your your regular rhythms and can kind of detach from from those things and yeah just invest in in what you're making is yeah mm-hmm. such a great great experience totally Bonnie Vare like just like changed the game with that one I think totally yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and you she, can hear it. That's one of those things where you yeah. can you can hear, you know, that that's where he is and yeah. and uh yeah, the sound of the space for sure. Yeah, I'm sure there were like tons of other people who recorded in cabins before that, mm-hmm. but I feel like he could like, you know, popularized it. So Yeah, yeah. totally. And at that point, like, I just wanted to be him, like, so much. I, I love 22 million, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're just, yes. like, really getting into that uh, persona. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> so what is your uh, studio setup like now? Where are you working out of? Or, or yeah, what, what kind of setup do you have and use regularly? Yeah, I, I kind of just have, like, a little home studio setup where – you know, it's easy for me to produce, um, you know, I have like, you know, a little MIDI keyboard, a mic, um, a little interface, like it's pretty minimal and standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using everything like in the box. Um, but then I, I also work out of Hotel Tatango sometimes, which is a studio here in Montreal. Cool. And, and then I assist for uh, someone at another studio called Audio Cora, which is in the same building and part of the same family. But um, yeah, I kind of will also just work like wherever the artist like wants to work. Like in uh, September, I was working at Union Sound, which is in Toronto and using all their cool vintage gear, which was great. And then for my record, I was working at a Catherine North in Hamilton. So it's kind of wherever like yeah i i like going to different studios and checking out what they have but i think hotel de tango is probably my favorite yeah cool mm-hmm. that's awesome i yeah. love that um so i'm really interested in diving in a little bit to your your songwriting and your the way that you compose a song cuz like i said at the beginning i have just been absolutely mind blown by the way that you just build such rich compositions and without sounding too cheesy I can completely hear the kind of like musical theater and operatic you know (laughs) influences like because you know those like you know musical theater and and opera can sometimes you know lean into these like cheesy categories in our brain but when you actually look at the music like you know the the chords and the key changes are are very complex you know it's not like Mm -hmm. our standard four chord pop melodies these days um so yeah you can definitely hear some of those those influences but I want to hear from you how do you start writing a song and how do you build it and how do you get it to its its final complete state which is so dense and and complex um yeah, what's your creative process like? Yeah, well, first of all, it's just so funny that you like can hear that because <laughs> I think for so long, like I tried really hard to get away with that because I don't know, I guess when I was younger, I was like maybe a little bit resentful towards hmm. musical theater just because I knew it was something like that was ne- I was never going to like completely fit in, I guess. Hmm. Um but it is totally whether I like it or not like it totally influenced me and still does influence me so much like it is just like embedded into my 
DNA, like Andrew Lloyd Webber is just like in there. And, yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's so funny because sometimes when I'll send a demo to Will, who is my co-producer a lot, uh, Will Cran, he'll say like, this is so Disney and like theatric. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to not make it that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes it just happens (laughs) yeah with my music but um yeah it's really different like my creative process for each song like um for most of the songs on this new record I like they're just me with my ukulele like just acoustic and uh was listening to like a lot of Elliot Smith Hmm. And I usually do that before writing a new record. Like, I'll just listen to one artist, like, totally obsessively. And um, their their musical influence just, like, gets in there, too, you know? Um, cool. So, yeah, it's, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber and, like, Elliot Smith, like, hanging out in my brain. Um, <laughs> but then for other times, like, I'll write songs within Pro Tools and I'll, I'll use a bunch of different stuff, like my, I have an organelle, which is like a big part of my musical sound, I think, and um, my loop station, like loops have always been a huge part of the sound that I, that I am, I guess, and yeah, I'll just kind of write things like within the DAW, and yeah, that, that worked for Stabilize, um, and then also did that for a new song on the new record called Win Butler. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of different for each thing and like who I'm inspired by at that time. Cool. I love that. Um, well, we are going to, before we jump into talking about the new record, let's just take a little moment and listen to a clip of one of your songs, Synchronize, which was off your uh, last album. Uh, the company we keep that was released in 2019. So we're going to listen to a clip of that now because I think the folks need to hear a uh, what your music sounds like because it's incredible.
Cool. Sweet. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the new record. It's, you know, how long have you been working on it? When does it come out? When can, uh, when can we listen to it? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, these are all songs that I wrote during the pandemic when I was Hmm. like isolated and feeling like so horrible and crappy and like so many things going on in the world. And then you're stuck at home and it's just like, what do I do right now? Like, surely making music isn't gonna help anybody right now um so (laughs) it's just like it's basically my feelings pretty out there Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I've been working on that for like the last year or so um and that will be out on July 7th amazing so you heard it here first folks heard it here first uh, yeah a good and plenty producers club exclusive <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah hopefully it stays that date and nothing bad happens before yeah. then um but yeah that'll be out july 7th and i'm releasing the first single from it on april 7th so that's free in next week I think. oh my goodness yeah. so amazing yeah that's so exciting mm-hmm. awesome um one thing that I found really striking about your music and artistry overall um, as well is you have very stunning graphics and and photos and, you know, the, your, the color palettes that you use. And, and um, I'm curious for you if you've reflected much on, um, like, do these visual elements, you know, are they kind of part of the music creation process as well like are you thinking of of these you know visual elements as you go or um you know do you work with the team that these things come afterwards or what's that like for you how I guess I'm wondering too how much of it is you know is Jojo Worthington like this is your personality painted on a canvas you know like I'm, I'm interested to hear your your perspective on it cool yeah um yeah, before this record, it was definitely kind of an afterthought, I think. Like, mm. the visuals, like, I was just really focused on the music. And I wasn't really thinking about that. Um, but then for this record, I, you know, I'm a Christian. So I'm really inspired by, like, the scripture. And mm. um, especially a scripture called the Armor of God, which is in Ephesians. And, like, growing up, my mom would take me to like medieval times and like just like being a a knight and like a fantasy kind of thing like that's really inspiring to me um and I really loved Game of Thrones and I especially really loved Brienne of Tarth so much because she was like not seen as a man but she wasn't seen as a woman either and her Hmm. character was like always so in between and sometimes as an engineer and a producer, I feel the same way. Like, I sometimes feel like I'm not really seen as a woman and I'm not really seen as a man at the same time in the studio just because I'm in that role that most men are in. Um, so I really related to that, her story and her character. And I kind of decided like I want to make something based off of that Hmm. and also really inspired by Balenciaga's uh line for like fall 21 
and uh oh my word these inspos are incredible (laughs) i love this i'm like picturing your vision board in my mind right now it's like wow that's great yeah diverse (laughs) yeah 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 i like started thinking about this stuff like maybe two years ago and i was like i want it to look like this and it's the first time that's ever happened to me um so yeah i guess like the the visuals for this like I had kind of like thought about beforehand, um, but uh, Justin Atkins, who I mentioned before, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's still in here, but uh, he like just totally took that vision and like made it amazing. So I can't wait to share those photos and yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was just so blown away by I mean, even just your website going and, you know, the graphics are going for, um, is it Stabilize, the music video? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that music video won a couple of awards. Is that right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. That wasn't me, like, at all. Like, that was uh, Ed Platero and Kristen Waterworth. Like, they're the director. Oh, Justin is in here. Hi, Justin. <laughs> Hi, Justin. <laughs> we love you, Justin. Out. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was Ed and Kristen and their vision genius who made that. So yeah, it's great. Amazing. Yeah, they did a great That's job. so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to jump back to what you were saying about, um, you know, being not really a woman, not really a dude. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> a very <laughs> silly way to rephrase. I'm that. not a girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like that. <laughs> I love that Um, but yeah I'm interested to hear you know obviously as as femmes in the in the field we've felt these you know I felt that so many times I feel like I have to um, you know present myself a little bit more masculine or come off a little bit Mm -hmm. um, I don't know just try and be a little bit cooler <laughs> which, which is like I don't even know what that means yeah, but what? um you know don't often feel like there is that space to um be myself in all of its fullness mm-hmm. you know which includes being a woman and includes being um a producer and includes all these different things um so yeah I'm curious if if you'd be willing to chat about that anymore of, you know, how have you, um, navigated that world and, you know, especially engineering, um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, kind of, um, a lot of the, a lot of the producers I talk to, uh, you know, will primarily work out of their, their home studio or their own space. Um, so my assumption for you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that yeah. you're, you're working with a lot of, a lot of dudes, a lot of the time so um, many dudes yeah 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 I'm, I'm interested interested to hear how you've how you've navigated that or what that's been like for you mm-hmm. yeah yeah I've definitely like uh, you know experienced sexism in the studio and it usually comes across as microaggressions mm. um and while I was at the BAMF studio uh BAMF center um we had a woman come in who is the, I, I can't remember her official title, but she's like the professor of the audio engineering department um, at the University of Lethbridge in Alberta. Oh, uh, 
Amandine Prost. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I had yes. a workshop. Oh my with her. gosh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, you she's know awesome. her. Yeah. She is literally so freaking cool. Like she yes. is the coolest person. Yes. I've absolutely. Ever met. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you know her. That's great. Yes, Amandine, I say all the time to people who when I'm doing workshops or mentorships or that's whatever, I always say what she taught me, which is the most important tool in any anything you're working on is your ear always Mm -hmm. you know don't you don't have to rely on plugins you don't have to feel like you have to know everything about everything the most important thing is your ear and if you're making something that sounds good it's good (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but that was the advice she gave me and I I still say it to people all the time so wow yeah glad you also know her she's incredible (laughs) yeah totally yeah oh that's so cool yeah um but yeah she came to the BAM Center as like a guest lecturer and she was showing us this study that she did about women in the studio and their experiences and just like microaggressions and like experiencing that and like how many women work in studios in Canada, like mm. not a lot at all. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, the majority of people staff at you know, studios everywhere are men, Mm -hmm. um, usually white men. So, and I just felt like so validated by what she said um, because I have, yeah, I have experienced that and like people not really listening to what I have to say or what I have to offer. And um, I did an experiment once where I dressed more masculine one day at the studio and then the next day I I kind of wore a skirt and like you know wore a little bit more makeup and it was like a completely different uh way people saw me and like spoke mm. with me and yeah it was just really crazy so and you know I, I still do that kind of not even really thinking I do dress more masculine in the studio just because it, it is a fear that I have. And um, sometimes when you're working with like engineers who are there, like it's really easy to get protective and like defensive whenever like a man questions me in the studio. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I, def- I have to remember that like, you know, this is where they work and like yeah sometimes it's just like a balance between like not taking things so personally and trying to be professional and and you know trust what they have to say as well so um yeah it's freaking hard out there Mm -hmm. to navigate (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but it's interesting because all of the artists that have come to me who want me to produce their music have all been women. Mm. And I find that interesting because, you know, women actually care about uplifting women. And, Mm. you know, some men say that they do, but like where I haven't, I haven't seen the action in that. Like, I don't see bands where the majority of the members are men or like, you know, male artists, you know, approach female or femme producers. And that's really weird to me. Like, that'd be such a cool, different way to look at 
your music too. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. So up until this point, I've only worked with women artists in the studio, Mm. but, um, when I'm like assisting or, you know, working at hotel, it is usually with men. So, Mm. Mm -hmm. interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been reflecting on, on that a lot myself too, of, you know, the, um, what, you know, I, I had a conversation with my, with my partner the other day, and this is very like transparent, me coming from a place of insecurity. But I, I said to him, I was like, how can I make my production services more appealing to dudes? You know, like, how can I, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I start reaching that (laughs) demographic? Yeah. Um, (laughs) hilarious how can I start reaching then yeah but you know I I it's a it was something that I was like really thinking about you know and I Mm -hmm. know that it was coming from a place of insecurity of like I don't want to necessarily brand myself in a way that's like come on men you can you can record with me too but (laughs) weird but um but yeah what what is it that is um it's a penis like that is it (laughs) it literally (laughs) it's a penis you have to get one of those (laughs) that's how you're gonna do it (laughs) that's how I'm gonna get there yeah (laughs) oh yes but it's yeah it's uh sometimes you know I I always wonder too um what's it gonna take for uh you know, so many women non-binary and and trans femme producers to stop being considered emerging or learning producers or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and of course that speaks to the imposter syndrome in in ourselves always too. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I feel like so many, so many dudes are willing to, to consider women and gender diverse people in those spaces if they're like learning or like they're just here to learn they're here to educate themselves and you know Mm -hmm. get some new skills but not necessarily taken seriously as a wow what could I learn from this person you know because I consider whenever I go into a studio or work with a different producer or engineer I always think what can I learn from this person like they Mm -hmm. have skills and tools that they you know have have in their toolkit that I might not have what can I learn from them and I feel like um yeah I feel like I'm just always viewed as the the mentee as opposed mm. to someone that anyone could learn from uh in in yeah. dude spaces but um that's really interesting wow yeah. yeah yeah I can totally like agree and like see that like mm. yeah um yeah there needs that needs to freaking change absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. And yeah, how and do we get there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the main question. Yeah. Is how do we get there? Because yeah. mm-hmm. there are, you know, some awesome initiatives happening across the country. There are some awesome programs. There are, you know, incredible people doing the work, making changes. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that I'm super interested in that I have pretty much talked about every single podcast episode. So forgive mm-hmm. me, everyone who has listened to every episode. But um I'm always so interested in more research and seeing what is what are some of these root causes? You know, what are some of these um, systemic issues that we don't see 
trans and and non-binary and BIPOC people getting recruited into these spaces and, and women getting recruited into these these spaces like like white dudes typically are you know yeah. um white dudes are are always shepherded into more technology-based um mm-hmm. careers and uh yeah i i do think that research is still a huge hole in in um eliminating some of the obstacles and of course there's so many financial barriers as well and mm-hmm. you know things are becoming more and more accessible every day with with um you know how much is you can have on garage band or you know on on online yeah. platforms um but yeah there's there's just so many things still that i think um need to be looked into and uncovered and and mm-hmm. uh yeah a lot of those root causes still need to be um really figured out and hammered out so that these programs these great initiatives can start to address the actual root cause and not just uh you know try to put band-aids on on situations but yeah it's all it's also it's so difficult yeah and totally like and also these institutions that do have like these recording programs and stuff like bringing in people of color and women as like guest lecturers or something like that like there needs to be that I don't know like about you but when I went to school every single guest lecturer I had was a white man Mm -hmm. and all my professors were white men like Mm -hmm. there was not even at the BAM center like um we didn't have like any people of color teach us anything Uh, so like that that needs to change there needs to be like more effort like yeah (laughs) yeah like um because yeah it's just like it's just getting stupid like that we're (laughs) missing we're missing so much like on what we could learn I think yeah Um, totally but yeah Amandine's uh study like that really opened my eyes to what was really going on in the industry so I think definitely like more research like that like mm-hmm. for sure be helpful yeah mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree yeah um well we're coming to the end of our chat if you can believe it we've wow. uh, just look at us it's just <laughs> been just... A, a wild ride and it's I didn't been a wild see what time ride. it was yeah <laughs> beginning to end <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but before we wrap up I'm wondering if uh you would be willing to give any piece of encouragement or advice to those who are um <laughs> just starting out in the production world uh, yeah. as a femme or woman or non-binary person um what what piece of advice or encouragement could you give to those folks oh my gosh um well like I guess like keep going like don't give up like yeah you got this and I I, I don't know if this is like a positive thing to take away but like one thing I did notice like in school is that like as women um, you have to know like your stuff 10 times better than any man mm. so just like keep learning and like doing that because um, you're gonna have to fight for respect and the only way to do that is just by keep doing what you're doing and 
yeah, stay determined, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's great advice because it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there will be times as much as we are trying to change things and trying to turn the industry around, there will still be times for people who are starting out that are going to be less than comfortable, you know, times that are going to be upsetting and make you question yourself and question those around you that you trust. And, you know, there, there will be those times. And so I think that's great advice to say, you know, just keep, keep, going keep learning your stuff keep keep knowing your stuff and yeah and yeah no I think that's great what have what have other people said like uh, is that good like (laughs) yeah that's great that's great yeah no lots of people have said said similar things okay yeah keep 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 on keeping on yeah okay cool but no that's great (laughs) I love that yeah what have other people said should I change my answer yeah <laughs> Love that. Oh wow. Okay. Well, you have a tune coming out April seventh that yeah. people can listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides that, where can people find you if they want to know more about you? Yeah, about you? my address is um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love that. No, I won't do that. Um, I'm sure you can find it online. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, Instagram is good. I love Instagram. Uh, I have Twitter. I never use it. I like amazing. I have like a bi-monthly tweet once in a while. Um, my website jojoworthington.com is great. Uh, there's so many things. Yeah so many places wow. yeah just type in jojo worthington and you'll yeah. get to the right place yeah basically. amazing mm-hmm. sweet well jojo it was so amazing to chat with you and uh i want to do this again sometime so That'd let's in the future let's yeah do it. i really love your energy and i would like love to be friends with you oh, even good. though we live in different provinces like I would be no, down. Like, I'll fly great. over. You guys, I just made a new friend. <laughs> this is what this podcast is all about. Just me making new friends. Okay. And that's it. So. Wow. You're just like, this is not even a producer's podcast. Like, you're just. I don't care what you yeah, do. You're confronting random people. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, great, too. Hey, can you chat so we can be friends? It's working. Yeah. It's working. So Perfect. Love yeah. to hear it. Sweet. <laughs> well, we have some really nice feedback in the in the comments. Someone said this was oh. such an inspiring and informative chat. Wow, thank informative. Oh my gosh. Informative. Great. Yes. Well, thank you everyone who tuned in on Instagram Live. And uh this podcast episode will be uploaded. So maybe you're listening to it already in the future. Wow. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you can, you can, I'll keep this uh, interview up on IGTV if anyone wants to watch it or if they miss parts of it. And yeah. thanks for chatting, Jojo. Great to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Good and Plenty Producers Club podcast. I'm going to end the show the same way that we end every show, which is by giving a little encouragement. And what I want to say to you today is that you are doing a good job. You are. Give yourself a little grace. Give yourself a little time to learn and to grow. It doesn't all come at once. It's a process. Remember that all these folks on the podcast started somewhere, maybe where you are right now. So keep trusting yourself, trust your instincts, 
and just focus on making good tunes. 